What I love about Dubai, it just keeps on improving. I just want to be better and better. I have to believe in it myself first to sell it to someone else. My job is to match a property to his requirements and make sure that his budget obviously matches his requirements and show him these properties. It's, I think it seems really simple when you explain <laughs> it. It seems simple, me. but it's not. <laughs> yeah. You have to know when to attack. In business, this means timing. When do you take a soft or hard line? When do you become aggressive or passive? When do you really pay attention? And when is it better to relax? The surest sign of a leader is his or her ability to say, do it now, and it gets done. Knowing when to attack is also the easiest leadership quality to detect in junior employees. Few things catch my attention more quickly than a forceful memo from a lieutenant urging us to attack a flank now. If I agree and we win the battle, that lieutenant will soon be a captain. But yeah, this is the book, What They Still Don't Teach You at Harvard University, uh, written by Mark Cormack. Uh, I'd like to give this to you as a gift uh, to <laughs> start the you. podcast. Uh, I just read an extract about timing. And considering you work in the real estate market where timing is uh, essential, I thought it would be a good book and perhaps you can uh, learn something from it. Thank you for the book. It's actually my first um, Harvard Business School book, so I'm definitely <laughs> going to start reading it. <laughs> actually, one of my uh, things I actually want to do is actually start reading. Uh, I always read, but I'm reading books that have a meaning, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Not a bad start. It's not a bad way to start by getting gifted a Harvard Business School book. Right? Yeah, I mean, like the 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 book was like not written by Harvard, but it's like what well, they don't teach you there. So okay. it, I don't think it will give you that much university uh, uh, insight. But I'm sure, like we'll talk about education and how education is uh, is useful for real estate. Nice. Uh, but this is like the counter opposite of that, and that they believe that you know university is something, but it's not everything. What's yeah. your thoughts on university? Because you're much younger than me, so. Yeah, personally, I study architecture now in Holland uh, and it took me quite a lot of effort to get into the university and I think like the value of university is getting in like for example like the Ivy League schools the way I see it is that when people when like imagine you would be hiring for like a good uh, broker in your company uh, like my, my skills on paper are not correlated directly to how much I'll be selling which is yeah. the metric that you'll be measuring my success by correct uh, you'll be having conversation with me see if you're feeling me if I'm well, if I if I present myself well, if I can talk well, those are the things that will be interesting for you to to know. An addition to that would be if I finished, uh, if if I managed to get a degree at the Ivy League school or some very good school ranked in Europe or elsewhere, that meant that I took like a long, I, I put a lot of effort into the application because getting in, into those schools is the hardest part. Yeah, like finishing it is like people cheat. Uh, people <laughs> will find like ways to get through the education without really doing that. So yeah. I don't think like now with all the modern ways that you can. There's so many ways around that you mean. Yeah. So like the, the, I think the degree itself is not as valuable. Like, uh, I mean, like the content of the course is not as valuable, but having a degree from university because you got into university in the first place, yeah. that's it's valuable. It's experience as well, isn't it? So I think school, university, college. Yeah. It, um, kind of you can install discipline in yourself you know and, and depending on the kind of person you are you can a lot learn a lot from it or you can just kind of say hey i'm here to have fun and you know not do any studying and just make friends you know so there's many ways you know you can make good friends with people in university and you know these can you can you know like you know how isn't it when you're in a group of friends you can do a lot of business with your friends as well right yeah. do you not agree yeah 100 percent. and you also build like a good network of Whatever your yeah, your you network, I feel networking is like you, you can you can start from the age of ten and be friends with someone from the age of ten to thirty, and that networking in itself, you know. So I meet a lot of people that they've been friends for twenty, thirty years, and 
their families know each other and and maybe they're in the same industry now and you know and they that trust has already been built over those 10 20 years you know so it's very interesting where how networking can start you can start from going to school even yeah. without you even knowing it 100%. And can I ask you what your thoughts were on school? Because usually when I have guests, I would go through their LinkedIn profile. Yeah. I would go through all the articles that are written on you. You're a very private person. And therefore, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, okay, and, my pleasure. Uh, and wanted to share part of your story. So LinkedIn actually is a funny one. I actually deleted my LinkedIn like, I think like a year ago. Um, I think LinkedIn is very productive. Of course, it's it's a business. It's a, you know It's like your social media of business and I believe that you can learn a lot from being on LinkedIn and connect with anyone in, in the business world. Uh, but I kind of felt like I didn't, not that I didn't need it, but I was like, let me just delete it because I don't see Warren Buffet on <laughs> or Mark Zuckerberg on LinkedIn, you know, or top, top businessmen yeah. that I know of anyway. So I was like, let me just delete it because I'm not really speaking to anyone on it. Of course, I'm gaining a lot of knowledge just from looking at the feeds um but i thought let me try maybe i'll come back so so that was my idea and actually i don't even think about linkedin to be honest with you now you just mentioned it yeah <laughs> i've just kind of brought up this subject but i don't really think about it interesting and i like, actually think instagram is more powerful tool than linkedin yeah and now if even, you want to go if you know because a lot of people they want to meet network and meet a lot of people and even in the business world i think instagram you know, you can send a message to anyone in the world. So you know, maybe they open that message or maybe they don't. But you have the opportunity to send a message to Cristiano Ronaldo. Doesn't, he might not, he probably won't look at it or he might. You never know, you know? So. Yeah. 100%. And I, I, I think the only difference between Instagram and LinkedIn would be that on LinkedIn, uh, the first thing you see when you open someone's page is their credentials, their work experience, yeah. what they've done in the past, their endorsements. And on Instagram, uh, imagine you would be working with a very high network individual. Correct. Uh, depending on the person, like there are people that are very private, but also people that are uh, like more fla- uh, more flashy. And I think nowadays, like people rent cars, they rent watches, they borrow clothes. Rent watches, yeah. There's everything now. So like it, people create as a, like they, they make like a facade of themselves that yeah. it's not realistic. Yeah. So I think that's the only danger. But when you're when you're aware of that, like you can kind of sense when someone is genuine or not. Hundred uh, percent. I think especially now in the last few years, you see a lot of people flexing on Instagram, and some people have the money and they do it, and some people, like you said, they're renting their cars and watches and whatnot. So it's just the way the culture is these days. Do you not agree? Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, like you also briefly men- uh, mentioned networking. And yeah. I think in, in your branch of work, networking is like one of the most important skills that you need in order to like expand. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, of course, networking is very important. But me personally, myself, I never go to an event to get clients. You know, uh, it's just not my style. Yeah. But networking is super important. The people you hang out with is super important. Um, the way you even position yourself as a person, you know, because I'm in the luxury market myself. So the way I position myself is is very important because I can't, you know, if you're showing a luxury property and you're not, you know, meeting those criteria of a luxury broker, then, you know, then <laughs> then you're not in luxury. You know, how can you, you need to be a luxury broker to sell luxury property, in my opinion. It makes so sense. You need, you need to always, you know, 
understand where to position yourself in that sense. I'm, I'm interested because you're, you're mentioning this. We had a very small talk before the podcast, but I don't know much about you. I've just seen your Instagram profile and yeah. uh, I, I read the articles that were there, yeah. were very little. Could you tell me about how you how you got started and uh, how you got where you're now? Because like obviously you've done a lot and you, you came really far. You've been working for more than 16 years in real estate. If I uh, so I started correctly. real estate in 2006. The way I started real estate was, so my dad, he was buying properties. We, I used to live in England before I moved to Dubai. And basically my dad, he was looking to buy a few investment properties at the time. And he was like, can you not help me? But he was like, go before the internet, it used to be magazines, it used to be called the latest homes. And he was like, can you look for one, you know, just see which one you like. And I was like, okay. Anyway, so every Tuesday, this magazine used to come out. So I used to run to the estate agents, as they were calling the UK, and pick up one of these magazines and go through it. I'm like, oh, this is nice. Anyway, my dad ended up buying, I think, one or two of those, which I picked. And then I kind of found a passion. And I used to go on viewings with my dad as well. So I was like, oh, this is cool, you know. I just found my dad a property. <laughs> and I was like, I'm honestly, I'm not, I didn't have an ambition to go to university. So I was like, after college, I will, what shall I do? You know, I need to, I, I've always been, I've always had that entrepreneurial skills, I would say. Uh, it comes without you even knowing it. So when I was in school, I used to sell, you know, like when it's Christmas postcards, yeah. like Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So I used to buy them and, and sell them in school, you know, so... I always had that entrepreneurial, you know, mindset without even without even knowing it, actually. So, anyway, my dad found a property, and I was like, I don't want to go to university. What do I do? And I was like, okay, so I found my dad a property. Let me go and become an estate agent or a real estate broker, as they call it here in Dubai, and handed out my CVs, and I got a few interviews, and ended up getting this interview, and I got the job. And then after twelve months, I was their top salesperson. And it was a big company in the UK. They have many branches all over England. And then after 12 months, I got headhunted for another company, uh, which was uh, an international brand. They were just opening up in the city that I was working in. And I was there and, again, became top salesperson in that company. You know, in the UK, is, is you can be the best in the room. But if your age is 17, 18, 19, they're not really going to respect you. It's just the way it is, I mean, my personal opinion at that time. So I kind of left and then I was planning to do other things. And then um, Dubai came up. I'd never been to Dubai and, and I started and I came to Dubai and I was like, what do I do in Dubai? <laughs> Real estate. So then I just joined the company here in Dubai. And then um, actually the story is I didn't just join a company in Dubai. I saw an advert um, on a website when I was on the internet. They were holding interviews in London. And I was like, let me just put my CV. I didn't think much about it. I didn't yeah. plan to come to Dubai. And they met, emailed me like a week later. They're saying, we're, in the, we're coming to London. I think it was King's Cross, some hotel in King's Cross. I can't remember the hotel exactly. I grew up in Brighton, so I don't live in London. So I'd have to take the train or drive up there. And I remember I put on my suit to go to this interview on that date. And... My dad was like, where are you going? <laughs> and and I didn't tell him I'm going for this interview because I wasn't sure even if I was going to move to Dubai, you know. I didn't yeah. I didn't I didn't even want to put that in their uh, in their head that I was thinking of such move, you know. And I was like, oh, I'll just go a meeting and he was like, okay. Anyway, ended up taking I think I took the train to London. Had this interview, got promised the world, you know, by this company and 
Apparently they had offices in Qatar, Australia, Dubai. I was like, I took the job. And then I told my parents and my dad was like, you're 22 years old, where are you going to go? Like, <laughs> at that time I didn't even leave and I was living with my parents, you know. Like, yeah. So it was such a big move. and Different country, living different alone. Different country, different culture. Um, but of course I'm, I'm a Muslim, so I understand the culture. And then... Um, yeah, I go for the job and then I, I didn't realize that it's a commission-based role until I got the offer letter. Yeah. And I told my dad, oh, it's not, and I didn't tell my dad it's commission-based. I said, oh, there's a salary involved because if I told him it's commission-based at the time, I mean. <laughs> for, for the people that don't know what commission-based is for the salary, what is the difference? So commission-based is there is no salary. It's zero. Just zero. If you don't perform, you get nothing. If you don't perform, you don't get anything. So... And I never worked in such job where there's zero percent yeah. salary, and what you earn is what you get. So I was like, okay, I was 22, I had nothing to lose. And then um, got the offer letter, and then I moved to Dubai on the second of January, 2012. And then, of course, what the Dubai we see today is not the Dubai of 12 years ago, because it's just different, you know. Of course. Dubai is even then it was an amazing place to be honest with you but Dubai what I love about Dubai it just keeps on improving just they just want to be better and better every day and the vision of uh, his highness you know we're seeing today you know what, what Dubai is and it's fantastic and I think they'll become better and better and I think especially since COVID a lot of people came to Dubai um, and they and they were forced to come to Dubai because everywhere everywhere else was on lockdown. So and they come here, they see the lifestyle, the beaches, the restaurants, the, the safety, most importantly. And then at the time, they were probably looking at the prices of real estate. And they're like, wow, that's that's not, not cheap, but like so much cheaper than where I live. If it's London, New York City, Milan, you know, all these major cities in Europe and, and America. So... And they're like, okay, let me buy a property here. I love it here. So that, that's what I think. I'm interested. I'll just go back to your story a little bit yeah. because you mentioned you were one of, you, you were like the you were at the top at every company that you worked with in the beginning. Yeah. What did you do to distinguish yourself at such a young age? Because obviously you hadn't done uni, so you didn't know much about the real estate market. I, I, perhaps you learned a lot from your father, but like when you're on the field and like you're learning from someone, it's different, right? So yeah, yeah, what were 100%. you doing in, in the beginnings to distinguish yourself from the from the pack? So. <laughs> going back to the story of how I came into the real estate market in Dubai. So the company that I joined, basically, it wasn't what I thought it was. It was, you know, it was a very dark office. Uh, the, I felt the guy, he, 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 it wasn't what they mentioned in, in London. So after a month, um, so actually, no, what I did was, I was there for four weeks, but I did a few rentals. So that I started off in, as in downtown and I did a few rentals. And then after a month, I was like, it's not really why I came for, you know, I want, I wanted to work for a bigger company and yeah. where there's, you know, something, go, you know, something going on, you know, and I didn't feel that company was it. So I saw there's a portal company called, um, on the internet, it's called Property Finder. And I, and I like this company. And then I was like, let me go there for an interview. And I met these two guys, they were partners and um, European company. And then I ended up joining them. They had about 50 brokers. So I worked within those in that company. Yeah. There were about 50 real estate brokers working on 0% commission. And in my first year, I was top salesperson in that company at the age of 23. 
How? Uh, how? Honestly, back then, well, you know, even back then, just in general, you you got to put in the work, you know. But back then, I was very hungry to make it because I came to Dubai with not much money, you know. So you'd got to make money, right? <laughs> Sounds logical. Yeah. So I was just literally working day and night, uh, meeting clients all the time, going to properties. I didn't. I, I didn't know anything about Dubai, you know, so it's, it's, it's a process in itself. But I became a specialist in Palm Jumeirah. So I literally had to be there 24-7 just to understand what are people doing there? You know, like which coffee shop is busy, you know. Um, You're really studying? Uh... Yeah, studying which coffee shop, which restaurants there were at the time, you know, like just to understand everything about Palm, Palm Jumeirah, understanding floor plans of the buildings, understanding everything A to Z meeting clients, when I'm speaking to a client that I'm knowledgeable, understanding what the price of a one bed, two bed, three bed or a villa is on the palm, you know? So it's just the knowledge and you've got to really educate yourself on that. And of course, at the same time, you've got to sell, right? So the way I see it is someone's going to spend money on it anyway. So they need to deal with a broker that is knowledgeable, understanding the market. And honestly, I can say my 11 years in Dubai, I don't think I've sold a property to anyone that has lost money. And and that's very my my style, the way I see it, and I think from the beginning, maybe of course I was learning in my first year, but definitely from second year onwards, I only sell what I like would buy myself. I would never sell anything to anyone if I didn't believe in that product. And Maybe that's why I'm good at selling because I have to believe in it myself first to sell it to someone else. And is that something that you were doing always, like from the beginning on? Because I, I can imagine in the beginning stages you're selling smaller properties, right? So you're. So yeah, I used to sell. Well, I started um, selling smaller properties, one bedroom, two bedroom apartments. But average pricing, I, used to, I was working in probably in the better developments on the palm, in the okay. newer developments, so they're a little bit more high priced. So I was saying one beds at the time were what 2.5 million dirhams starting pricing and then two beds uh, around 4 million dirhams 5 million dirhams and then villas on the palm were anywhere from if I remember correctly in 2012 were from 9.5 to 11.5 for a garden home and then signature villas on the palm were 17 18 19 million at the beginning of course they went up in price um, Do you have any idea how much they, they go for now? Well, today on the Palm, so a garden home in today's market, just a standard one, which has not been renovated. You're looking for a nice location. You're looking to pay about 24 million dirhams today, 23, mil 23 to 24 million in a high number location. High number meaning in the front that is like further out. So you get good good views and this you know the space between you and the other front yeah. is much more so and your signature villas transactions in today's market are roughly about anywhere from 35 to 45 million dirhams depending on the location and if it's a really really high number maybe a little bit more and then of, of course and if they're renovated people are asking 100 million dirhams plus today so the record breaking deal last year in dubai was on the palm 302 million dirhams and that was a custom built villa on the palm so um, it shows where where the market is in Dubai is strong 
if you're willing to share this and if not, it's no problem. What was your best uh, home that you've sold and you were most happy with or perhaps that? <laughs> Honestly, every deal I'm happy with <laughs> because it's a deal, right? But uh, there's been many, to be honest with you. So like what I enjoy is like going through that process with a client. It can be from buying a home to a renovation job and then for him to live in it or maybe looking to sell it. And it can be a process where a client of mine, he bought land from me and then three years later, he's moving into that property, you know? Yeah. That gives me a satisfaction because of what happened in those three years, you know? Just because of an idea and now that idea is turned into reality. I've got good clientele, you know? So, and they're clever as well, of course. They know the market, they understand the market. And of course, with my help as well, we find the right properties and they're all good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, deals do right, just like you said. Exactly, yeah. What do you believe are some personality traits that are uh, key to becoming like someone that works in the real estate sector? Because you, you mentioned that you didn't go to uni and I want to talk about that after as well. Yeah. Uh, you have some personality traits that distinguish you and from, from the rest. So what, what are some things that you think believe are important? I think to become a real estate broker. The thing is, every market and every country is different. But in okay. Dubai, yeah. I think to be a a real estate broker here in Dubai, I think you need to be, you need to soak in the information because, you know, read read a lot, understand the market because, you know, Dubai is such a fast-paced city. But more importantly, you need to do the work. You really need to work hard and understanding, there's so many cultures here as well. So everyone is different. Um, but I would say just really put in the hard work, listen to your clients, and set yourself goals or what you where you want to be, what you want to achieve. But, you know, speak to as many people as possible. The way I see this business is, is a numbers game. If I'm only speaking to five clients a day, means that it's either five yeses or five noes. But if I'm speaking to 50 clients a day, it's either 50 yeses or 50 noes. So you have to pick up that phone and speak to these people. Uh, it's like basics. So you always, I always sometimes, this is why I always tell my um, my colleagues in the office who are working in my office, if it's not happening for you at that time, go back to your basics. What are your basics of real estate? It's picking up the phone and speaking to clients, having a property listed. You know, you have to um, you have to have something to sell. You know, if you don't have any listings and you don't have any clients, sorry, if you don't have any listings, you're not going to get any clients. But if you have listings, you will get clients because they're seeing it on the internet or social media um, and they will call you, right? And, and it's up to you how you qualify that client that comes and obviously views that property, you know? So I think doing your due diligence is very important. A lot of things are important, you know? And you've got to be... I feel like a lot of brokers, you know, they're... Um, sometimes they're not listening, yeah. You know, you have to listen and and you have to be knowledgeable, understand what, what, where, you, where you position yourself in the market because at the end of the day, if you're trying to sell a 20 million dirham property and you don't know what next door is worth or who's buying or, you know, buyers, they want to know what, your, what the houses are sold in that area. So you just got to really look at data information. It's so important. And of course, being a salesperson is, at the end of the day, you're selling a lifestyle. It's not always about selling. 
So if someone wants to live on the palm, you know, he, he's, he wants to buy that lifestyle, right? So he's already made his mind up that he wants to be on the beach. So my job is to match a property to his requirements. So in reality, 50% has already been done. So he's already made his mind up that he's going to spend this amount of money to live on the beach. And he wants to be for it to be, for example, on Palm Jumeirah. So it's now it's up to me to get him that property and obviously show him the right property. So I need to listen to his requirements and make sure that his budget obviously matches his requirements and show him these properties. Yeah. It's, I think it seems really simple when you explain <laughs> it. It seems simple, me. but it's not. <laughs> yeah, in, in practice, what, what do you believe are some uh, obstacles that a lot of real estate agents deal with and that make them like demotivated? Because a lot of people do it, but like there's only like a small percentage that can really uh, attract these high network clients and attract and work with these high high end properties. What, what do you believe are some problems that a lot of people run, run into, and what would be your advice for them? So, I mean, you know, real estate. Some days, maybe you're thinking, oh. You know, nothing's happening. Why is nothing happening? And some days, you know, you're on top of the world. So you just got to grind it out. You got to work hard. Not every day is going to be a deal. But is again, you know, you're, you're planting seeds. So if you work hard, the results will show. And some days, if it's not really working out for you, it's okay because you're working towards that goal. You know, if you make a goal, in, in, you put a goal in your head. And if you're going to... Well, if not going to, but if you set that goal, you'll reach there. And that's through hard work. Um, so don't get demotivated. Just keep on going because everyone has a bad day. And I'm sure a lot of people feel demotivated in different industries as well. So you just keep on, go, keep on going. If you put in 1% extra a day, that throughout the whole year is 365%. Yeah, easy maths. Easy maths. What would be some advice that you would give to, to yourself at a younger age? If I could go back and just give myself advice if I was younger? Good question, actually. <laughs> There's many things, actually. I mean, just just be a bit more um, switched on sometimes, you know? Not being too naive, I would say. Maybe travel a bit more, actually, to be honest with you. I mean, I've, I've traveled, alhamdulillah, a lot. But I would say, like, travel a bit more, understand more, co um, you know, different... Because the thing is, in Dubai... I learned a lot from Dubai because of the people in Dubai because there's so many cultures. So yeah. imagine if I traveled to more countries, uh, I would have learned more. I, I would say I would in my 20s, I would have liked to, to you know, um, traveled a bit more and maybe sometimes been a bit more disciplined. But I've got a strong mindset. I, 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 I kind of know what I want um, and I always set a plan, short term, long term. And I think... Obviously, as time has gone and I've grown and become a little bit older, I kind of, um, I'm very strict with my goals. And I, you know, and if you're strict with your goals, you'll achieve those goals. You, you, you were talking about your goals also before the podcast. I asked you, like, wh why did you call them on my podcast? Because, like, I haven't been doing this for a very long time, but you, you, yeah, yeah. you, you didn't want to come on. You mentioned that it was actually one of your goals to start doing this more. <laughs> yeah, so... I did I did one video. I did, well, it's my first podcast, actually. I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I did one video with an influencer, like what four or five years ago. We got five point five million views, and I was. And it was good. It was a good video at the time, and it was a property tour. And I was like, "Shall I continue doing more property tours?" And this is before I think 
property tours were happening on YouTube or um, Instagram a lot. So now it happens all the time, right? So anyway, we got 5.5 million views on YouTube. And then I kind of stopped. I was like, I'm a private person. I don't really want to you know, put myself out there. But this year I said to myself, actually not this year, but like November, December last year, I was like, what do I need to do? Because I'm good at my job. I have good clients already, but it's not bad to always get more exposure, right? To, for people to understand who I am, what I do, and put it out to the world, you know? Because if because if I'm meeting one client, that's only one per, that's the only person that will know what I do. But if I put my content out on YouTube, Instagram, that content's there twenty four seven, and you don't know. Maybe someone in Brazil, or maybe someone in I don't know, America is looking at that content whilst I'm sleeping and maybe they have a plan to come to Dubai and buy a property and if they see my content out there, it automatically, they, you know, it builds the trust. You know, and I think that is such a powerful tool for me to, like I was saying to, to you earlier, you need to always go with the trends and involve yourself because if you don't, you kind of get left behind so you can't always be stuck with your old ideas. You always have to go forward. Yeah, I think like you, you're nailing it. Uh, it's very interesting that, that you're talking about like the new ways of social media and like new ways to actually improve yourself. Are there some other goals that were on that list that you want to work on in the next year or things that you can share? Um, I mean, I have, I have some exciting things in the pipeline um, of what I want to do, but I don't want to just... You know, say I'm going to do it, and then yeah, if it doesn't happen, you know. Yeah. So I'd rather keep that private right now. But I've got some many exciting things happening, which I've got planned for myself in the next 12 months, 24 months with my team. Uh, I think it's super important to have a good team behind you, and I do have a good team. We're a small team. We're not a company of 100 people or 200 people, because when I first set up my company, it was never to kind of have these kind of numbers. Um, when I mean team is a good circle that are working daily, trying to improve our business as well, you know? So at the moment, we're roughly about 15, 15 brokers in my company um, and Touchwood, you know, they're all working hard and, you know, they're earning money. So is what's the next goals, you know? How do we become better? Um, so these are the goals that I have. And, you know, you never know, there's... I think the opportunities in Dubai are endless. You can do a lot of things in this city and I really and I think right now everything is very positive so there's a lot of opportunities and the whole the whole world wants to come to Dubai. And what do they need? They need a roof over their head, right? Yeah. <laughs> do you think real estate will still be uh, as booming as it was before? even in the coming years? Because you mentioned that there are a lot of properties being built now. Will that continue happening? Uh, so in, in regards to, I don't like to call it a boom, um, supply and demand, right? So the way I see the structures which the city, well, UAE uh, as a country have in place for the future um, is very positive. And we have good weather, we have a good lifestyle, we have good safe, probably one of the safest countries in the world. You can walk around at 4 a.m. in the morning and no one's going to, you know, bother you. You know, you can't even wear a watch in London, you know. Yeah. So 
I think Dubai is here to stay. Uh, of course, there are cycles of any market. I genuinely feel that the market is here to stay, yeah. And Dubai is positioned in the right spot. So if you live in Dubai and you want to go to London, it's six hours. If you need to go to Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Kuwait, you know, it's just one hour flight. Yeah, it's very well, uh, well positioned, yeah. Bardi, I would like to ask you a final question. This was a very insightful conversation. I think you've opened up like a lot and I'm really appreciative of that. Yeah, thank you. I'm very interested about your view on success because obviously you've done a lot. You're still going and you're not, you don't seem to have like less goals or getting comfortable. Yeah. What, what would it mean for you to become successful? What does it mean for me to be a success? Yeah. Listen, in my opinion, success is not always about money. I think success is... Having a good family is very important, you know. Uh, looking after your family, making sure that you're healthy, you know. And of course, I think success in a way, is, you know, you can be worth $500 million dollars or $100 million dollars and you might not be happy, you know. So what is success? Success is good friends around you. Obviously having financial freedom, and having a good family around you, these these things are success. Yeah. And just being positive, you know, of course, you, you know, if you have the right people with you, then these things will be a success in itself. Is it hard to find the right people at this stage in your life? Because I can imagine a lot of, like, making friends here, like, a lot of people maybe have interests in, in networking with someone like you. Uh, in all honesty, um, I have my circle of friends. Uh, I have my family. For me, no, it's not difficult. I know who my friends are. And um, of course, it's always nice to meet new people. Um, but I have my friends and, and these are my good friends. So I've been quite blessed with that, I would say. You always have to have a good circle of friends with you. Yeah. yeah. It's a journey, you know? 100%. When, 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 when things are going well, you know, you can have 100 friends, but it's, when things aren't going that well, who are your real friends? These things are very important. So uh, I've got good friends and um, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm in a good, happy place. I'm sure you're going to continue uh, being in a happy place and continuing to reach a lot of uh, success, hopefully. And, thank you. Uh, also, thank you for having this talk. Thank you for making time. No worries. My I know pleasure. you're super busy. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a real pleasure and thank you for all the insights. Thank you so much. Okay. I'm the most brutal and efficient and most ruthless champion there's ever been. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! You should be a monster, and then you should learn how to control the problem. It all comes from life lessons, and the lessons are learned through struggle.